transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. The cactus are blooming. Beaver tail and choya and hedgehog cactus. And the orange mallow is everywhere, and I don't mind saying it again. This is the most beautiful, mild springtime, and I don't know how long up here. And it is middle May. Enjoy it while it lasts. Because you know what's coming next. Furnace time. But not yet. From you have I been absent in the spring. When proud pied April dressed in all his trim hath put a spirit of youth in everything, that heavy Saturn laughed and leaped with him. Yet nor the lays of birds, nor the sweet smell of different flowers and odor and in hue that make me any summer story tell, or from their proud lap pluck them where they grew. Nor did I wonder at the lilies white, nor praise the deep vermilion in the rose. They were but sweet, but figures of delight, drawn after you, you pattern of all those. Yet seemed it winter still, and you away. As with your shadow, I with these did play. That's sonnet number 98 by William Shakespeare. Space Radio. Space Radio. Space Radio. Space Radio. This is the last Space Radio broadcast. We cannot reach you with our words because of the way you behave, because of the way you trip your feet and snap your fingers to an inner symphony we cannot hear. Therefore, we must leave you to your fate. This is the last space radio broadcast. We have tried to reach you through your schools, through your journals, your television, your art shows. We have tried through your governments, through your cinema and your town planning. We have even tried through your plumbing, your 10-pin bowling 
We have written novels and published millions of books in a language that attracts your eye. We have altered the course of rivers and put warnings in the lines of airplane designs. We have tried to reach you through the sweets you suck, the videos you listen to, through your partner's roll-on deodorants or the flavour of your tea, through the kind of glue you sniff or the kind of rock and roll music you listen to or the brand of cigarette you smoke. But it has all been in vain. You have thought it all a mirage, a con trick or a game. This is the last Space Radio broadcast. Space Radio was launched secretly by a consortium of artists and free men in July 1963, when the dangers of overpopulation and the possibility of nuclear war and death by pollution and urban decay had become an hourly anxiety of our race and forced us to take our drastic action. It was on the day when the stars became a human frontier with the launch into space of our hero, Yuri Gagarin. Since then, repeated broadcasts have been made to you by us, your artists and writers, to warn you of the perils you face. But now, after long trials and the exhaustion of our fuel and the bankruptcy of our souls, we have been forced to concede defeat. This has been the last space radio broadcast. And now, the curtain drawn once more, you may continue with your entertainment. This is Desert Oracle Radio, and our guest tonight is Joshua Tree's own Jean-Paul Garnier owner and operator of the Space Cowboy Bookshop, right there in the Sun Alley Shops. He is the host of the Simultaneous Times Science Fiction Podcast and the publisher and editor of Space Cowboy Books. Welcome back to the program, Jean-Paul. Thank you so much, Ken. It's a, a, a tremendous honor to be back with you. The last time you were on the program, it was before... The pandemic began, and I was looking up the show last night, and uh, we were in the studio together at Z1077 FM talking about time travel. It's such a trippy show. I haven't heard it in years. Yeah, it was a fun one. And uh, as most people that know me, and as you know, uh, time travel is something very near and dear to my heart and uh, to my traveling experiences. I'm going to put the link up for that show uh, after we finish with this program because it's, it's a good listen. A lot of people started listening to Desertorical Radio during the pandemic, and not everybody knows there's a trove of, of weirdness and fun and, and other stuff, too back there going back to 2017. Anyway, we were having uh, dinner and drinks the other night talking about book publishing and William Burroughs and Jack Parsons and and you handed me this beautiful new hardback volume that I'm looking at here in the studio. It has a very striking design and the book is Complete Poems, 
1965 through 20 and 20 by Michael Butterworth. Now, you've been publishing sci-fi paperbacks, I guess, somewhat in the style of classic pulp paperbacks. But this here is a, a weighty, heavy, beautiful object. Michael Butterworth wasn't a name I recognized, but there he is staring moodily from the cover photograph and this otherwise uh, orange and black dust jacket. And it did that rare thing a uh, cover does for me. It made me want to grab it and open it. And space radio is what opened for me and the way book divination generally works when you're ready for it. That's when we heard uh, some of Michael Butterworth reading at the beginning of our interview a few moments ago, and it really got right to me. So tell me a little bit about Michael Butterworth, how he came to have his collected poems published in Joshua Tree. Well, Michael Butterworth is an extraordinary man. He's had an extraordinary life, and, and he is a absolutely fabulous writer. Um, friend of ours, a mutual friend, introduced us back in, uh, I think, late 2019. And uh, through the course of our conversations um, during the, uh, you know, the lockdown era, you know, he's in, he's in the UK, he's a Manchester author, um, you know, finances were obviously difficult for everybody at the time, and I thought, hey, let's, uh, I, I threw it out there, if you want to republish one of your old books from back in the day, uh, you know, I'd be more than happy to do that for you, because I, I really think that your work is, is excellent. And he mentioned, he said, well, you know, I, I have a collection that's unpublished. Would you be interested in that? And, uh, of course, I started drooling, having been a fan of his work for a while. And it turned out that um, while he'd been publishing poetry since the mid-60s, he had never had them compiled into a book. Um, and so we both thought, well, this is high time to... Uh, to compile this into one lovely edition. So we decided to do our first hardback and I'm, I'm glad we did. We also did it in paperback and of course the accompanying album, which is um, selections from the book with musical accompaniment by a bunch of local musicians, Fog Machine, Julie Carpenter, Field Collapse, and I did the music for a few of the shorter tracks. Back in the day, Michael had got his start in the new wave of science fiction in the, in the UK scene with New World's Magazine had uh, written the Hawkwind books with Michael Moorcock. That was a whole series, right? The Hawkwind books? There was there was several of them, and they're, they're really uh, <laughs> they're really hilarious, you know. They're almost that Hawkwind is superhero, and for ever, anyone that's not familiar with Hawkwind, uh, you know, they're much more than a band. There's a whole mythos around it that's, that's pretty neat. Um, Moorcock had been writing lyrics for them, and, you know, one of those interesting examples of how music and the new wave of science fiction really coincided and, and influenced each other um you know with bands like the normal uh basing uh, songs off jg ballard's books and you know that kind of just goes on and on um he'd also done the novelizations for the space 1999 show uh the, the books to accompany that he did many of those but his career has been broad and uh, many fascinating books you know one of them and they're all over the place one of them uh Blue Monday Diaries is about his time in the studio with New Order recording Blue Monday and Power, Corruption and Lies. That is a very interesting um, slice of the band, but also of England at the time. So this was Manchester, uh, what, 1980s? 
79, uh, early, early 80s. Early 80s, yeah. The, the recording happened in London, but uh, he, he, he hitchhiked down from, from Manchester to do that. Um, he, he's still writing uh, lots of fantastic stuff. You know, his most recent work outside of complete poems is a, a book called My Servant the Wind, uh, which is a beautiful epistolary novel of overlapping diaries that take place at, in the past and in the future. Uh, as well as a collection of his short stories just entitled Butterworth, both from Knoll 23 Press. Those those were my introduction to his work and uh, I fell in love with it immediately. He has a very, very unique style. But he's not just a writer. He edited for small press magazines. He ran Savoy Books, um, which was owned a series of bookstores in the Manchester area, as well as publishing uh, many books. An incredible catalog including the last book to ever be banned in the UK. Which um, one was that? It's called Lord Whore <laughs> from David Britton. Um, and uh, yeah, Michael worked on that substantially and, and um, David, the author, did some time for this. And I think Michael, Michael narrowly escaped that. So, you know, certainly um, iconoclast in the, in the publishing business. But they did comics and CDs and... and uh, all manner of things so really just uh, an extraordinary career so I read uh, many of the poems and complete poems by Michael Butterworth in the last day or two and I was surprised and delighted knowing his background from you that his poems are very much general audience poetry interest I would say there there's definitely some uh, speculative fiction sort of elements in space and whatnot but most of it is kind of slice of bohemian life and kind of Thatcher England yes it certainly does address that era and it addresses many eras um, which is something that's so interesting I mean Michael was just there for so many different things and uh is a is a diarist by nature so always putting down his thoughts and and a sort of inadvertent aspect of of the complete poems book is that it can almost read like a biography um, if you read it in linear order and it's separated in eras so you definitely get the more speculative side there's some slice of life there's charming things written to his grandkids and then a lot of it um the later work is more um centered around buddhism but what's interesting is, you know, once you get towards the end and the, and the more Buddhist-themed poems, you can see, I mean, one of the great things about Buddhist poems is how they address the nature of time and immediacy. Um, and I feel that by the time you get to that in the book, you sort of recognize that this immediacy is something that's been with Butterworth's work throughout his career. And I, I'm very impressed by that because dealing with the nature of time in writing can be very tricky. Uh, in some cases, our language, the English language, just isn't particularly adept at, at handling it. So I, I very much appreciate that the work is, is very centered in, in the now. Yeah, I love that uh, one of the later ones uh, was, what was it called? Uh, Zazen and Book Chain. Towards the end of... It, he's in a bookstore doing shrink wrapping and like a chain bookstore. One of those lovely kind of you know, beat style little uh, Zen poems. 
Yeah, and in a way, I think one could look at Butterworth as a um, a post beat writer, certainly influenced by the work that the that the Beats had done. Now we've all kind of been through the ringer in recent years. It has gladdened uh, my heart that Space Cowboy Books is still here and is now the only bookstore in Joshua Tree or Yucca Valley, as we've lost our longtime used bookstores in Yucca. And you're so you're you're the survivor. Yeah, it's very tragic the loss of our of our bookstores in Yucca. From what I understand, Sagebrush retired, so that's not too sad a story. Although very sad to see them go, but the loss of Cactus Red is a great blow to the community. Um, very sad. I went in there on on one of their last days, and my heart was just kind of breaking for them. And you know, that was one of the first places I went when I came out here. Of course, because you know the bookstore should be the first stop, or it always is for me. Right. Um, you can get it. You can really get a sense of a place by uh, you know what the people that live there read. They were good people, and well, kind of uh, like I do in most bookstores, I'd bring them desert oracles, and they'd hand me twenty dollars or whatever, and I'd immediately spend it on books because they had all this fantastic stuff. Yeah, it, it was a really great place, and I think it's. Uh, Hopefully it's not indicative of, of broader changes in our community, but it is always heartbreaking to see a, a bookstore go. You know, there was close calls for me, too, over the last couple of years, but, you know, I think that's just the book business and, and compounded by the, the pandemic. But I'm not going to let go easily. You know, a community needs a bookstore and a community space that a bookstore can provide. Fortunately, uh, the larger science fiction community really came to my aid and, and, and showed a lot of support, you know, on the... On the the global the global side of things which is very cool because i feel like today science fiction is an international conversation and uh, it's a delight to work with people like michael in the uk or you know i've also been publishing writers um through the podcast from sri lanka brazil israel really all over the world so and, as, and as, this is simultaneous times the podcast and tell people where they can find that uh, that you can find um, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Look up Simultaneous Times or Space Cowboy Books. It should come up. Uh, it's all linked to on spacecowboybooks.com. And we do an episode every month that features two or three short stories set to music. We've got a lovely team of composers. Red, Blue, Black, Silver did a lot of our music for the for many of the first five years. That's um, right. Of, co- of course, your listeners will be familiar with Red, Blue, Black, Silver's gorgeous soundtracks. So yeah, the podcast is in its sixth year now. I think we're just about to put out our 63rd episode and still going strong with that. It's it's a lot of fun. And like I said, the um, opportunity to work with authors from all over the world and hear different people's stories, I feel is incredibly important today, especially as our country has um, flirted with isolationism um, to keep that global conversation going. And science fiction is always been a, a very international kind of business from uh, as as long as I can remember. People used to cherish their like Samizdat Russian sci-fi during the Soviet era and that kind of thing. And you are publishing more books than ever. Is this true? 
That's true. Um, the focus of the bookstore, of course, the bookstore is not going anywhere, but we're moving deeper and deeper into the publishing world. We were doing a fanzine for the last couple of years, but we just pushed that aside to publish more books. So up next is a paperback companion series to the podcast, the Simultaneous Times Paperback Anthologies. We've done two paperbacks, and then on our website, there's version two or volume 2.5, which you can download for free which is all international authors. The first two focused on local authors. And the third volume has just headed off to the book designer, so hopefully we'll be out late this summer. And that, again, has some local authors, but also an international cast of writers. So that's quite exciting. And then we are currently in the works of doing our first nonfiction book, which will be another hardback. Don't want to give too many spoilers on that. It's sort of secret at the moment, but this is going to be a really interesting book. It's not a science fiction book, but there is certainly crossover with the world of science fiction. Oh, I think I've heard about this one. We'll talk about this when it comes out. And your shop is open on what days? You're open weekends and what else? I'm open Friday through Monday at the moment. Um, usually there 11 to 2 on Fridays and Mondays and 11 to 5 on Saturday, Sunday. That being said, if anyone's in town and wants to come on by and I'm not there, I live just up the street. My number's online. Text or call. I'll come down and meet you. Well, what's the what's the weirdest thing uh, that's happened to you in the last six months? The weirdest thing that's happened to me in the last six months? Hmm... You can make it a year. Well, I think, I don't know if this classifies as super weird, but, uh, you know, lately I've been sort of um, trying to approach impossible goals, you know, to, to look at impossibility differently and see if I can overcome what I think to be impossible. So maybe it's more of a struggle against my own belief system. But uh, I, I found that things that seemed insurmountable are completely out of hand. If I dedicate a little bit of each day towards getting there, that it has become possible. I know that sounds overly vague, but uh, to, to try and take on greater and greater challenges, whether physically or mentally, that, that's been quite something. It reminds me of something I was rereading. Recently, which uh, was William James, uh, The Varieties of Religious Experience. Mm. And he quotes at length from another work where this guy has a Buddhist sort of revelation than a lot of the more Christian-based revelations that are in the, the rest of James's lectures. But he says uh, that he works with this teacher for a bit who says, if it is possible to get rid of anger and worry, why is it necessary to have them at all? I felt the strength of the argument and at once accepted the reasoning. The baby had discovered that it could walk. It would scorn to creep no longer. Mm, so lovely. Yeah, so all of his both goals and the, the weights on his shoulders from life just faded away as soon as he made a choice to not have worry and to not have anger. I thought it was incredible. It is, and that sort of thing can be transformed. Just a side note, um, if, if any of your listeners go to read that book, which they should, because it's an excellent one, 
there's a, a lecture series that developed around that and Carl Sagan wrote a book called The Varieties of Scientific Experience as part of that lecture series, which obviously is a reference to the book you're talking about. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. highly worth reading too. But something uh, that you reminded me of that I encountered recently, and again, speaking of William Burroughs, I came across, I was reading a book about him of the stuff that he'd written for short presses. And in one of the introductions, one of his friends said, Burroughs was the only man I'd ever met that could delight in his own misfortune. <laughs> and that that sort of to me has instigated a whole new philosophy of it's experiencing life as the point of life right so, right well that, that's that's why burroughs ultimately rejected buddhism for himself but he thought for a lot of westerners in general because he thought that avoiding suffering was missing the the meaning of life Indeed, that, that everything we go through in life is worthwhile and makes it beautiful, or, or the contrast, the interval between those things. So that, that was something kind of transformative to, to encounter lately. And coinciding that with, you know, rereading the Bhagavad Gita, which something that was a big part of my, uh, my younger life, um, when I was a part of the uh, Hare Krishna temple as a youth, you know, so the idea of work without fruition each of us has a voice inside of us telling us what needs to be done and if you listen to that voice that's all you need you know it's not the result of of the behavior it is doing doing what you are supposed to do and there's a voice inside of each of us that, that says that interestingly this this is probably the weirdest thing that happened to me over the last couple of years i had uh, developed a, a regimen for myself of writing reading and you know just the, the behaviors throughout my day and i found that and i didn't even notice it at first that my inner voice had gone silent and i attribute that to the fact that i was doing exactly what i'm supposed to be doing and so the inner voice didn't need to nag at me after about a year it slowly crept back in which told me hey you're not you're, you need to focus again on this path it's it's not so much an event as a non-thing that happened. But that is very interesting. Yeah, I've I've noticed that when I am uh, doing what I'm supposed to be doing, there are no thoughts about doing anything else. Yeah, it's amazing, because I think that voice inside of you is there to remind you, and it's so often we don't listen to it. You know, one of the great reasons I think people are attracted to the desert, because there's such silence here. The noise, the chaos inside of you, becomes much more apparent, I think, which is why a lot of people go through a, a transformation their first few years in the desert, because uh, that clutter inside can be quite noisy against this great, beautiful silence that we're surrounded with here. That's a beautiful way to end this. Let's say farewell to Jean-Paul Garnier, and congratulations on Collected Poems uh, to you and Michael Butterworth, 1965-2020. Uh, you have this at the shop, I imagine? Yeah, come on down and get an autographed copy. We've got autographed copies for our customers. Of course, it's available online anywhere you can buy books. I encourage you to shop indie, though, bookshop.org. Support your local indies wherever you can. This book is widely distributed, so you should be able to find it in your area if you ask your local bookseller. Very good. Thanks for coming back on the show. Let's do it again. Thank you, Ken. Always a pleasure. From Amboy to Isaacs and across the great Mojave wilderness and beyond, you've been listening to Desert Oracle Radio. We 
heard some new soundscapes tonight by our own Red and Blue Black Silver. And on the Michael Butterworth poem, Space Radio, the soundtrack was by Fog Machine. Good night from the Voice of the Desert. <laughs>